Welcome everybody to the very first podcast, episode number one of Undefining You. And I am your host, Marty Barranco. And today our very first kickoff guest is Marilyn Bradford. And since this is our very first call, I wanna give you a little bit about what Undefining You is. And from the moment we come into the world, people start to judge us, measure us, compare us to the other babies, compare us to all the other things going on and definitions are assigned to us throughout our life. Like, are we a nice person? Are we a mean person? Are we a outgoing person? Are we an introvert? There's no end to how we, this reality looks at people, looks at us as individuals, decides what we are, puts those definitions and those labels onto us. And so all of these, podcast episodes are really designed to look at different topics, different ways we define ourselves, different ways we label ourselves, and perhaps do that to others, and undefine those things so that we can see them from a different perspective. And we're going to start today with Marilyn and talking about undefining you with regards to mental health and mental illness. So welcome, Marilyn to the first podcast of Undefining Thank You. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. I love, your, I love your whole idea of the podcast. Thank you. So can you give us just a little bit of your background? Because this is your background. You've worked as a therapist and drug and alcohol addiction and mental health. And so can you just give us a little bit about your background with all of that? Yes. I um, was diagnosed with depression fairly early on. I'm not exactly sure when. I can't remember. Um, and then alcoholism as an adult. And I went through traditional treatment. I also had an eating disorder for a point I was down in the 90s in terms of pounds. Um, and eventually, after doing all of this traditional kind of treatment, my therapist said to me, I think you'd make a great therapist. And I said, wow, really? Thank you. So I became a clinical social worker, and then eventually I worked at a psych hospital for three year, four years, I think, and then eventually private practice, and that was in 1991. So I've been doing therapy for a long time now, um, but I was never really a conventional therapist. And I had done the traditional 12-step uh, program and I didn't, there really, really wasn't anything else available. So I would actually tell my clients to do it with sort of a caveat. It was like, yeah, go, it's a good place to not drink. Don't take what they say as 100% true. So, and what I noticed with myself as a therapist, even before I got to access, was that I didn't really desire to have an answer. I really desired for the people to come to their own awarenesses about what was going on with them. And I started asking a lot of questions. So someone would come in and say, I'm depressed. And I would like, how do you know? I mean, whatever they said, I was like, how do you know? Well, my doctor told me, and I have all these symptoms and everything. And eventually with access consciousness, I became even more aware that we put these insane labels on people. And instead of empowering them to have a different point of view about things, we want to label them as depressed, or we want to label something as a nervous breakdown or a bipolar. 
Um, and then there, these people are stuck with those labels, stuck with a medication. And generally speaking, it's a lie. It has nothing to do with what's actually been going on with them. Unless you want to say, well, they have these few symptoms. But even symptoms are interpreted and misinterpreted. So I, that's basically a background of how I began to operate. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for that. And actually that's what sparked me inviting you on to this first episode is Marilyn and I just facilitated a class over the past weekend and a question came up about mental breakdown. And the way that you asked questions, Marilyn, was, well, it was brilliant, but you basically said, and, and if, I don't know if you can remember exactly what the question was, but what was going on really? Because the thing was about having a mental breakdown and concern about having another one. And you asked them what was going on really. And when they were able to look at that, there was a whole different reality that they became aware of. So can you talk more about that, that question? Absolutely. Because People are told they have a mental breakdown when they're not functioning well in this society or this reality. And yet a lot of times what they're doing is actually cocooning for a change. In other words, they're like a butterfly in the making. There are certain people who are born who just accept everything. This is the way it is. I'm going to get married, I'm going to have 2.2 kids, I'm going to have the job, I'm going to retire. Um, the path of life, which you so interestingly <laughs> saw someone had actually written it out. God but, help us all. If, yeah. God help us all. There are certain yeah. people in the world who are like, you know what, this is crazy. I know there's another possibility. What else could I be and do here? And that so flies in the face of what this reality says important. You need to suit up, shut up. You need to fit this box. You're not fitting the box properly. And that creates enormous confusion and anxiety. And yet these, a lot of people who have these so-called nervous breakdowns are people who are just like, you know what? I just need time off to sort all this out because I know there's another possibility. Mm. I know that for instance, judgment is not the way to live. I know that my family was insane and I'm supposed to pretend it was not. I know that I don't work in a regular school. I know that by asking questions, I got in trouble as a kid. And yet that's the only way to really live and be alive. So mm. a lot of people who have a so-called nervous breakdown have had all of this stuff thrown at them that they're wrong for what they know. And it's a devaluation of being and really it's not that they're having a mental breakdown. It's that they're spending some time to actually see what's true for them and to process so that they can come through it, not with a better adjustment to this reality, which is what most therapists and mental health experts want, but with a better sense of who they are despite this reality, beyond this mm, reality. That's so brilliant. I used yeah. to say wow. That yeah, that um, therapy in this therapy is for about a better adjustment to this reality and access consciousness is about giving you the tools and information to move beyond this reality and actually move more and more into who you actually be. And that's what uh, a lot of 
people who are suffering from a so-called mental breakdown are actually doing, only they don't get the support for it, you know. Right. Or they get put on medication or whatever. And the same is true for things like depression and bipolar. And the other thing is you get therapists who are really stupid. And I hate to say that, but it's true. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. I had a client who came in, she presented, she was some, she was going to the University of Texas. She was from a very rural, um, over the top, fundamentalist religious background. She was basically taught nothing about life. So she came to the university and at that time, this was back in the, in the 90s, uh, university students got all these offers for credit cards. So she's like, oh, credit cards, that sounds like a good idea. So she signed up for all these offers and uh, ran up some credit card debt and then went to, I think, a school council, you know, a university counselor, and they're like, oh, you're bipolar because you ran up all this debt. And I was like, I don't really believe you're bipolar. Let's see what else is going on in your life. And when we began to look at her life, she was functioning just fine. But because she was told that she was bipolar, she started taking, she was reading up on it and examining all the symptoms and and operating as if she actually had that diagnosis and illness. And once we figured out, no, you just didn't get information on how to manage money. That's all. You're lacking information and you're lacking tools. She was like, oh, good. And there's so many myths and lies out there. I could go on and on and on. I don't know, Marty, if you have a question. Oh, I love what you're saying. So I, you're welcome to just keep going on because as you're talking, I just more and more, I'm so aware that the moment a label's put on somebody, then they go, oh, that's what's wrong with me. Yes. They stop asking questions and looking at what you were just saying, what was actually going on and what did I actually know? And they just go to the wrongness of them. And now I've identified the problem and nobody ever gives them any tools to deal with what they've decided the problem is versus what you're saying of going, you know what, if you weren't wrong and if you didn't buy the lie of the label, what would be true for you? Whole different reality. Exactly. Exactly. And this, I have a specialty in addiction or rather that's um, one thing I'm known for, for the right recovery for you. Uh, Although I define addiction really differently than this reality does. But one of the things, particularly with something like alcoholism, and I was in 12 step for something like 15 years, is I discovered when I got started using the access tools with my clients and they were getting better faster, that there are all kinds of myths and lies. So it's not only that you buy into the label, I'm an alcoholic. You buy into once an addict, always an addict. You're just one drink away from the white coats or the black coats. You buy into all of these myths and mainly that you're wrong. Someone once asked me, well, what was it like to be an AA? And I said, well, I'll tell you, take two weeks of life, two weeks of your life and every morning and every evening, Ask yourself, where you're selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? See how you feel after two weeks. Jeez, <laughs> help. Yeah. <laughs> it, takes, it takes you being wrong, and then you're even more wrong, and then you have to make up for the damage done, and you're never going to be fixed, and you're never going to really be okay, and you're powerless. 
Well, what I've discovered with working with people is that you give them accurate information, you give them tools to deal with things, and you know what? The drinking just falls away. Now, there are some people who are actually allergic to alcohol. They should not drink. People who are allergic to peanuts should not eat peanuts, but they're not called peanutaholics. They just don't eat eat peanuts. So if you have an allergy to alcohol, don't drink. If you don't, find some tools that really work for you. And with those tools, you can manage all the things that were unmanageable. And that is, for most alcoholics, addicts, that is awareness, being really more aware than you have the tools to deal with, being aware that your neighbor is a junkie, being aware, and then actually is a nasty person. Oh no, he's our good neighbor, Frank. Being aware that your family's falling apart. We're the perfect American or Swedish or Brazilian family. Of course we like each other. You're aware, you become aware of the incredible lies and hypocrisy of this reality. And it's hard to know what to do with it. Like I, I had a client who was from a very tight, I mean, close, um, Italian family, traditional Italian family. One of the most abusive families I've ever heard of. I mean, the father as a child was kicked up and down the stairs. Lots of physical violence, some sexual violence. That got perpetrated on the family I dealt with, control issues. Mostly I was working with a daughter and she was depressed and acting out. Well, as soon as we began to really look at what was going on and I could acknowledge what she knew to be true, it all began to change. It's really that, that telling people how wrong they are, whether verbally or energetically, or you just don't fit, you just don't get it, you're a misfit, you're wrong. That's what actually creates the symptoms generally of things like depression and anxiety and uh, nervous breakdown. Yeah, and so when you, when you see the lie, Mm-hmm. and you actually address the lie, it can change way faster and easier than you could imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I am curious because you said you don't define addiction like most people do. How, how, what is addiction to you? How- addiction is any uh, behavior, process, or substance that a person uses as a default to basically get out of what they've decided are stressful situations and awarenesses because they don't have the tools to manage them. It's how they manage anxiety. It's how they manage, ah, um, whatever it is for them. So yeah, alcohol and drugs are one way, gambling, sex, but also things like being the perfect mother or the perfect community person or trauma drama. Most people know someone who goes, oh, Dio mio, you know, just whatever it is. It can be food. It can yeah. be being a busybody. Um, it can be money. It can be health and fitness. No, you have to take this vitamin at six o'clock. And, but it's where people leave themselves and use a process, a behavior, a substance to basically relieve anxiety. They end up giving that process, behavior, or substance more value than they give themselves and in so diminishing, diminish themselves and their capacity to actually learn and handle things. Hmm. 
That's so brilliantly said, Marilyn. Wow. Thank so you. you have said a whole lot of amazing things throughout this. And if you were to wrap it up with, because somebody's listening and you know they've been labeled mentally ill or alcoholic or whatever the label that's been slapped on them is, what is the one thing you really, if they get one thing out of all of this that you would love to leave them with? They're not wrong and they're not crazy. They're simply moving beyond what the status quo considers acceptable. And the status quo doesn't know Jack Poo. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Marilyn. Thank you so much. And if people are interested in more about um, Marilyn is a right recovery for you facilitator, she does classes where goes into all these things in, in much more detail. So if somebody wants to find you for a private session or for classes that you have, she has a book also, right? Recovery for you, yes. Marilyn Bradford. So where's the best place for them to find? Uh, MarilynBradford.com and also on um, the Access Consciousness website, find a facilitator. And I will be having more classes put up. We've just changed some dates. The COVID has done some kind of odd things to the in-person classes we had planned. So currently we're looking at some new dates for some online classes for Right Recovery Few. I am available for private sessions and you can email me at Marilyn Bradford, Marilyn Bradford at me.com. So thank you so much, Marnie. I really appreciate you having me on and I'm honored uh, to be your first guest. Wow, thank you. I'm so happy for uh, having you here and I, an amazing, brilliant way to kick off Undefining You. So thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time.